What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, May 6, 2020. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here, as always. And I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Coming up in today's episode, we're going to throw in one quick recruiting note that we didn't get a chance to get to in our previous episode. James Franklin was a part of a video interview with 24-7 Sports yesterday. He's also going to be speaking to the media today. I'll have some thoughts about what to expect out of that. And I want to touch real quick on a national storyline over the past week with the openness from the NCAA to allow student-athletes to cash in on their likeness and name and image in today's episode. We'll get to all that good stuff in today's episode. So make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes and Spotify. Go ahead and rate and review. Let us know how we're doing. And then, of course, we want you to be a part of our future podcast by following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And don't forget to check out our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany. One of the perils of recording a podcast early in the day so that it is ready to go for the following day is sometimes we miss some of the news and headlines that pops up since the recording has been put together. Now, when I recorded Monday's episode, I did this on Sunday and I actually did it late Sunday morning. So I knew I was running the risk of potentially missing out on any breaking news that may have popped up as the the weekend came to a close. And lo and behold, in Monday's episode, we talked a little bit about some of the more recent recruiting additions that Penn State had for the class of 2021. And I sure made a point suggesting that it was only going to be a matter of time before Penn State started to put together some defensive recruits for the upcoming recruiting class. Little did I know at the time that I was recording that Penn State was actually going to get a commitment from a defensive player later that same day when I hit record. So I totally missed the opportunity to comment on the addition of a three-star defensive end, Rodney McGraw, out of the state of Indiana, who committed to Penn State May 3rd, uh, just uh, Sunday afternoon. And of course, in the middle of the afternoon, uh, it was certainly beyond the point where I was going to go back and edit any part of the podcast. And to be honest with you, I didn't see the news until later in the day anyway, because once I put together the podcast, I start to move on and do some other things throughout the day uh, over the weekend. So I did miss the the commitment of McGraw coming to Penn State. Uh, He made his announcement on Sunday. Uh, It was a flip. Uh, They got him from Indiana, the, the state of Indiana. He was committed to Indiana and it didn't look as though there was going to be a change of heart, but apparently there was. So Penn State gets their first uh, significant contribution on the defensive side of the football for the class of 2021. It's a six foot five, 223 pound defensive end. Uh, again, I don't really break down the recruits or anything like that. So we'll see where he kind of fits in into the picture moving forward. I will say this, Penn State has a pretty strong lineage of defensive linemen. So we'll see, uh, you know, there's probably some room to grow. You can mold him a little bit, maybe kind of, uh, you know, take a couple years to really get him prepared to be taking on any significant role. We'll see where that all squares up down the line. But a nice little three-star addition to the recruiting class for 2021. Uh, certainly had a good handful of offers from around the Big Ten and you know, within uh, around the state of Indiana, as you would expect from a kid of this kind of talent and skill. So I, I do think that that's a good sign. 
for Penn State moving forward. And we've already addressed uh, so many additions to the offensive side of the football. Now it's time to shore up a little bit more on the defense and pad things out on the roster there. So it does look like that is part of the process moving forward. Now, uh, as I'm recording this, I don't think I've missed out on any other recruits as of yet, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. So, yeah, Penn State's class of 2021 continues to be coming together quite nicely, and now they've got a defensive player to add to the mix. One other thing that did happen on Tuesday was the fact that another conference has decided to go completely virtual for their upcoming summer college football media days, and that would be Conference USA. Now, as I wrote on No2MinuteWarning.com on Monday, it was only going to be a matter of time before we saw a couple more of those Group of Five conferences decide to do the same thing. Remember, last week, the Mountain West Conference came out and said that they were going to go completely virtual for their conference media days. The MAC followed shortly after that, and then the American Athletic Conference decided to do the same thing. Now we've got Conference USA on that same boat. We'll see what happens with the Sunbelt Conference. So as of now, the the all but one of the Group of Five conferences has decided to hold a virtual conference media day. None of the power conferences have decided to do this just yet. I still think that that's going to be a very realistic possibility as you're concerned about how the, the Big Ten media days are going to go down. You know, in the state of, uh, state of Illinois, in Chicago, uh, there's going to be a lot of concern, I think, moving forward. You know, we, we know that states are reopening and every conference is going to make some decisions that are in, in the interest of their own particular members as and uh, media members that will be expected to go and cover these kinds of events. And anytime you're bringing together an entire conference footprint, now consider the Big Ten ranges from New Jersey, which has been hit pretty hard by the coronavirus, all the way out to Nebraska. Uh, Ohio has been dealing with some big things. Here in Pennsylvania, we've had a lot of cases. Uh, every state is going through different situations right now. So I'll be very curious just to keep an eye on what these power conferences are going to end up doing with their conference media days. As of now, the Big Ten media days are still scheduled to go on as planned, uh, as traditionally uh, held out in Chicago. Uh, I think the conference that would probably be most likely to decide to go virtual first among the power conferences would probably be the Pac-12, just considering uh, that they've got a lot of West Coast schools out there. Certainly California, there's a a lot of concern uh, about the state of California right now. I think as far as the coronavirus is concerned, and of course, when you've got Stanford, UCLA, Cal, USC, and it's four members right there. Uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, a lot of concern out on the West Coast as far as this coronavirus is concerned. So I think the Pac-12 is probably the conference that would be most likely to go virtual for their conference media days first. I do think the Big Ten would probably strongly consider it. Again, one of the developments that just came out this week was the Big Ten has extended its no travel policy, you know, no contact policy that's been kind of extended a couple times now. Uh, So, you know, shutting down basically any opportunity to recruit, any opportunity to go out and meet students or anything like that. Uh, The Big Ten has extended that uh, caution through, I think, June 1st, which is when they'll reevaluate once again to decide what they're going to do moving forward and allow their coaches and allow their schools and their members to do moving forward. So as of now, uh, Big Ten Media Days are still on. Uh, we still have until the middle uh, middle to late July when these events are starting to take place. Uh, but obviously you want to get these decisions made probably as soon as possible so that everybody can be prepared for everything that's going to be going on if you have a backup plan ready to go. So as of now, Big Ten Media Day is still on as planned. 
but we're going to keep a watchful eye on that situation as well as the other power conferences that are out there and see what kind of decisions they make as well. Real quick, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar, which I believe is the best tasting protein bar I have ever had. Now, if you're like me, you've tried so many protein bars over the years, trying to find a good one that you can add into your dietary routine and just try to find something that kind of tastes good, also leaves you feeling good. And, you know, for me, it's been a long time since I've had one that's been this enjoyable to eat. Now, I've been having a Built Bar during my work break in the last couple of days, and I got to say, I'm very surprised at how much I'm enjoying these. <laughs> to be honest, I was a little skeptical at first when they sent me a pack to try out, but I got to say they really do uh, taste more like a candy bar than anything else that I've had as far as protein bars are concerned. You, you bite into it. It's soft. It's chewy. It's, uh, it's an enjoyable experience, and they've got a variety of flavors. I had a coconut one earlier today. It was delicious. I had a chocolate raspberry one, which I'm not a huge chocolate raspberry fan, but I really did enjoy this one the other day. Protein bar tastes like a candy bar. What can go wrong with that? They've got 16 amazing flavors. There's eight chocolate nut flavors. There's eight chocolate nut free flavors. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Penn State head coach James Franklin is starting to make some more media rounds as they're going through another month with a lot of uncertainty about the future of college football. On Monday, he was a part of the 24-7 sports uh, series that they've been running, interviewing various coaches around the country just to find out how they're operating their programs. And, you know, he had a lot of things to say that we've probably heard a couple of times now as far as what Penn State is doing and running their program without the ability to coach directly and kind of go out and recruit to do the things that they're typically accustomed to doing this time of year. It's a 21-minute interview. I didn't watch the whole thing as of the time I'm recording. I've watched bits and pieces of it, but I do highly encourage you guys to go check it out. I'll make sure to share that video link on our Twitter page, at LockedOnNittany, to accompany this episode as well. Because uh, James Franklin, one-on-one in an interview, is a pretty good listen. And again, he will say a lot of things that Penn State fans have probably heard uh, on more than one occasion, but it's always pretty insightful. And he continues to keep a watchful eye on everything that's been going on as far as the coronavirus is concerned. We know that he's got some pretty strong opinions on what he would do if he were in charge of making some of the decisions out there. Uh, And of course, he's just kind of uh, trying to keep an optimistic eye. And I think that that's one of the takeaways that you can take from this interview with 24-7 Sports. He's optimistic that we are going to see college football played uh, we don't know exactly when, though, and I think that's the big mystery that everybody's trying to solve right now, including James Franklin. And I think that's one of the takeaways that I would have from this interview where he's trying to keep optimistic. He's trying to plan uh, for a variety of scenarios, I would imagine, but he's going to move ahead expecting that things are going to go as normal until told otherwise. That's the that's the opinion that I have out of everything right now that we've seen, you know, as far as Penn State is concerned, as far as every other college football program. If I were the head coach, I would be planning that way. I would be planning to start the season on time and hopefully you're going to have enough time to prep your guys before training camp and with a training camp. So that's a big elephant in the room right now and nobody really knows how to figure that one out until we really get a sense of when colleges are going to be open, how many colleges are going to be open. So go ahead and see what James Franklin has to say. Now, the good news is uh, we could hear a lot of these same things once again today because James Franklin is scheduled to have another 
uh, conference call with the media uh, today. So we'll see uh, if there are any follow-up questions from some of the information you had in this interview. Uh, we, we're expecting that one of the big topics of the conversation will continue to be uh, what he thinks is going to be the start of the season. And one of the things he said in that interview with 24-7 Sports is the reason he's optimistic is because he is seeing more universities, more and more universities, start to make the decisions that they are going to be open. Um, this is the time of, of the spring when we need to know what universities' plans are for the fall semester because enrollment is going to be ongoing. Uh, they're going to get a better idea of how many students they expect to have, anticipate to have, what could, they can budget for in the upcoming fall, and what adjustments are going to be, need to be made. And that's the big unknown until we start to see some of that information start to pile through and, and come through the the admissions process for all these different universities, including Penn State. Now, as of now, uh, Penn State is still, I guess, planning on being open for the fall. There hasn't been any indication otherwise right now, even though you know summer sessions are a little bit hazy right now. But I do think that you know, Penn State and every other conference in the, or every other school in the Big Ten is facing a very similar situation and decisions need to be made. I would be curious to know what if James Franklin has any thoughts about potentially the Big Ten starting things up, even if not every school is able to do so. Now, I, I'm not a big fan of the idea of a conference starting up without all of their conference members. Uh, I would be very curious to see you know, how he would feel about a shortened season. I know that that's one thing that he mentioned uh, you know, is kind of wondering what is going to happen for the upcoming season. Are, are there going to be adjusted regular seasons? Uh, what's going to happen to bowl games? Yeah, I think you can still have bowl games, <laughs> to be honest with you. By the time we get to that point of the season, uh, I still think bowl games, for the most part, are going to be able to be played. But let's not even worry about that for right now. Uh, let's just figure out what's going to happen with the regular season. And this has been a recurring theme on this podcast uh, over the last month or so because we just don't know. And there's always going to be new information, but we are starting to get to the deadline where we're going to have to have some of those decisions made. Uh, so we're going to get some concrete, definitive information, I think, pretty soon. Uh, because every conference needs to be playing it safe and smart right now. And they got to do what's in the best interest of not only the universities, but of course the student athletes that they're going to be asking to play games. And I, I guess that the majority of football players that are out there want to play football. They want to get back into that kind of routine. Uh, I don't want to speak for anybody, of course. I just, you know, I get the sense that everybody wants to get back to normal, but we need to do so appropriately. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole idea of when the states need to be open, you know, how quickly things need to be open completely. I'm not in charge of those decisions. I'm going to live by whatever the decisions are that are being made. Uh, but as far as football is concerned, we know one thing. You can't have football with student athletes if you don't have students on campus. So let's get that straight right now. You're not going to have college football unless student athletes are available to play or, or attend the campuses. Now, you can have a fall semester without students on campus and still have athletic events, I think. You know, I, I don't want to make that decision, and I certainly don't know if I would be 100% happy about that decision, but I do think that it's possible, and I think it's, uh, it's feasible that, that that could be an option that's on the table for Penn State and so many other schools that are out there facing these similar situations. 
But I, I'd be very curious to see how James Franklin feels about that. Uh, I certainly feel, based on some of the responses he's had in the past, that that's obviously not the ideal situation. <laughs> None of this is an ideal situation. But I do think that he'd be open to any ideas that allow some progress to be made in some sense of getting back into a regular routine. I don't think that we need to get back to a regular routine quickly if that means you know, playing football at any cost. Uh, I certainly don't want to cross that bridge. I think that you know, football will be played, but if it's played later than it normally starts, that's fine with me. I get the sense that that's where James Franklin is too, but I'd be very curious to see if that's uh, an idea that he expands on a little bit more when he gets a chance to talk to the media later today. We'll try to recap some of the things that he says in our next podcast because by then we should have some audio perhaps. Uh, we'll certainly have a transcription. I don't think I'll be home from work in time to be able to join this conference call. I don't know exactly what time it is off the top of my head, but I don't think I'll be available to chime in and uh, hear it myself and maybe even ask a question or two. But I do look forward to seeing what he has to say and we'll react to it in Friday's podcast. So make sure you come back on Friday and we'll talk about some of the things that James Franklin says with the media today. Last week, the NCAA came that much closer to allowing student-athletes to be able to cash in on their name, image, and likeness. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind is, when do we get back the NCAA football video game? Short answer to that is, we'll get it back, but not anytime too soon. I mean, we might be on the PlayStation 6 by the time that that thing comes around. As much as I want to have an NCAA football game on my Nintendo Switch, I do think we're going to have to be a little bit more patient before uh, the folks at EA Sports decide that the time is appropriate and the way to go about it is figured out. <laughs> so basically, what the NCAA is going to allow student-athletes to do now is receive endorsements, go ahead and market themselves in a variety of ways. Now, there are a list of ways that it's going to be ruled or governed. I think uh, oversight is the word I'm going to use, uh, but it, this is a big step forward and it certainly is not going to shatter the model of uh, student athletes and amateurism, but it's certainly going to put a couple cracks in the old line of thinking. And certainly uh, this is uh, something that the NCAA has been fighting for years. But the way that it all will work now is a student athlete, let's say a Penn State football player, is going to be able to go out and sign a deal with a car dealer or uh, some other grocery store or a local uh, local barbecue joint, whatever. They can be an official spokesperson or you know receive do endorsements for a variety of companies now. They can be attached to commercials. They can go ahead and be a part of an advertising campaign. And this is huge because this is something that the NCAA has always kind of uh, frowned upon. But now they're allowing players to go out and capitalize on their own image and personality. So this is going to be a big change for the way that a lot of programs operate moving forward. This is not going to change a whole lot, I think, in the grand scheme of things. Because as far as football is concerned, you're only going to have a handful of players from school to school that are going to be able to really maximize the potential of what this really could lead to. And it also should be kept in mind that a, a college football coach now can go out and sell to a recruit the idea that they're going to be able to use uh, their, their, their own personality 
as far as a marketing object <laughs> moving forward. So I will be very curious to see how that's going to be used in recruiting because you know it is, especially at a school like Alabama or Clemson you know, or Georgia, Ohio State. You get a chance to go and be to one of those schools and be the guy. Uh, you're going to have a tremendous amount of options, I think, as far as marketability is concerned. So that's going to be a nice little recruiting tool. And this could be potentially pretty big in college basketball as well. And maybe even more so. I don't know. But I do think, you know, I mean, it actually probably varies from market to market because some schools are more basketball schools. Some schools are more football schools. I don't know how it's going to end up uh, working out for Penn State. You know, maybe it actually helps the basketball program as far as recruiting is concerned moving forward. I don't know. But I do think that there's going to be a good number of schools that are really going to be able to benefit from this kind of opportunity. And this is probably going to be more so from the power conference schools, too, because they're still going to have more resources and more uh, to be able to sell to recruits as far as the recruiting pitches are concerned. So I, I do think that maybe those, those schools, those programs that are kind of maybe stuck in the middle of the pack within the conference, they could get a little bit of a boost here, at least in short-term bursts. <laughs> Certainly, uh, you, you still need a lot of stuff to happen as far as putting together a solid program. But uh, this could be a nice little perk that a lot of coaches seize the opportunity to sell and market to their their recruits as well so getting back to the point here you know a player now is going to be able to be a social media influencer basically because that's one of the areas that the ncaa made sure to outline uh, as far as how this is all going to be played out the one key thing here is a, a player will not be able to use the school's name in whatever endorsement deals they may have. And that seems like a no-brainer. And you kind of see that already, even with professional sports. You see, you know, certainly here in Philadelphia, if you see a football player from the Philadelphia Eagles does a car commercial, he may say he's, you know, he he may not be able to use the Eagles logo in the car dealer uh, or the uh, a Philadelphia Flyer. He may not be able to use a Flyers logo as part of his uh, car dealership commercial. Uh, but he can certainly say he's a part of the Philadelphia Flyers or Philadelphia Eagles or whatever. That's not going to be the case if, uh, say, a Penn State football player uh, signs an endorsement deal. He can't say he plays for Penn State, but um, they'll find ways to make it known that he is a Penn State football player, basically. I just don't know exactly how that's all going to play out. But I don't know when it's going to play out. I don't know who the first person could potentially be that actually gets a chance to, to market themselves this way. But it is supposedly going to be all kind of uh, done with oversight because a player is going to have to report whatever endorsement deals they have to whatever compliance office that's going to have to be reviewed, as you would expect, because while you're allowing these opportunities for these players to be able to capitalize finally on their own name and image and their likeness, it's still going to be something that needs to be watched somewhat closely <laughs> to make sure that everything is still being played within the rules. And this I don't think there's going to be too many problems with this, to be honest with you. I really don't. I think it's going to actually solve more problems than it actually uh, causes. So that that should be a good thing. It's long overdue. It, it really is. I mean, the old antiquated system of the student-athlete and amateurism has needed to be updated for today's world for many years. And I've been long in support of that idea, too. So I'm happy to see that it's finally here. Uh, but getting back to the idea of the NCAA football video game, uh, they've already made it pretty clear that players aren't going to be able to group together a collaborative endorsement kind of package, which would be probably something that EA or Electronic Arts, EA Sports would be interested in doing 
in order to be able to sign a deal with so many different players that they would have to uh, pay some revenue to. So that's why I think that that's a detail that's probably still going to be down the pipeline in years to come. And there's still some legalities that are going to have to be figured out before we get back to an NCAA video game. Uh, so I know I, for one, am disappointed by that little development. I know I would love to see NCAA football uh, 2022 <laughs> available, but it would be good if somebody at EA starts uh, kicking the tires a little bit, maybe dusting off the old NCAA football files on their systems just to kind of see where they are and you know, what they could do to bring it back because I do think we'll get it back at some point in time. The question is, when am I going to have any time to play it? That's going to be the big question for me. Let me know what you guys think. Do you like the idea of players being able to sign their own endorsement deals and capitalize on that? Uh, follow us on Twitter and uh, send us your comments and your feedback on that uh, topic, and we'll try to include them in a future episode. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. I want to thank you guys so much for listening in and help us spend some time with you, whether you're in isolation, stuck at home, unable to go to work, whatever your case may be. We just want to be a part of your daily routine as much as we possibly can, just to kind of give you a little bit of a distraction and hopefully add some good commentary or conversation to kind of take your mind off of things while you're dealing with whatever you may be dealing with. Hopefully things get back to normal pretty soon. Until then, we'll try to keep pumping out these podcasts for you and keep you occupied, keep you busy, and hopefully keep you entertained and informed. Make sure you are subscribed in all of your favorite podcasting apps so you never miss a single episode. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, we are available on. And once you are subscribed, please make sure you leave a rating and leave a review on those various platforms. We genuinely appreciate any feedback you may have, and it does help with our promotion on those various podcasting apps moving forward. So if you like what you hear and you want to spread the word, the best way to do that is to subscribe, rate, and review. We also want you to be a part of the show at any time, so make sure you send us your tweets with your questions and your comments by following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. You can also check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And don't forget we're on Instagram at Instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. I'm always talking some college football and some other things on that Twitter account. And, of course, I will have some more contributions to Athlon Sports coming up very soon. If you're still looking for some more sports content right here on the Locked On Podcast Network and you're an NBA fan, you're in luck. Check out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board right now on the Locked On Podcast Network. Get your NBA fix in. He's got a lot of great insider information. You want to check that out today. That's it for me. Thank you so much once again for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys again on Friday. So until then, stay safe. Go want to know today. Go want to know tomorrow. And I'll talk to you guys on Friday. Talk to you then.